I think it's, it's ridiculous to baptize a baby. I'm calling out the Catholic Church. And the reason why is You don't have the free will and the intentionalized choice at that age to make the decision of baptism. One of the things that I love about the Igbo language, which is the tribe from Nigeria I'm from, is what they call the devil. Ikwensu. And God is called Chineke, which Chineke implies God who creates, God who creates everything. So everything that exists comes from God. But the word for the, for, for the devil is Ekwensu, which means it begins once you believe. Welcome back to uh, Let's Talk About Us with, with Uche, guys. And Jacob over here, he's got a book today. Uh, <laughs> please subscribe, like, hit that notifications bell. We're talking about the law of one. Today we'll be talking about Faith to move mountains, this veil of confusion that apparently is out there for a lot of people, um, the capabilities of a healer, and what it takes to heal um, more metaphysically. We're talking about some more metaphysical, different higher density beings and these councils that guide Earth and the different planets in our star systems. And perhaps what we can't see in the visible light spectrum, but might exist energetically along the electromagnetic spectrum. And we're going to get into the confederation. We're going to talk, talk about some negative entities and groups. Well, thank you so much, Jacob, for that introduction. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, guys, we're going to be talking about these cool things. This is a continuation in the mini series that we've been doing for a while now. The book, The Law of One. Uh, the raw material. This is, I think, this is like our third time talking about this right now. And thank you guys for following. Thank you guys for stopping by. If you are returning, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Keep coming back. Share with your friends and family. If this is your first time tuning in, please also share with your friends and family. Subscribe and don't forget to hit that bell notification so anytime we upload a video, you'll be the very first to be notified. Jacob, you want to take it away? Let's do it. Thanks, Let's you, do Jay. It, man. Okay, so. We're hopping on in here around page 79. Uh, the law of one. The law of one, to restate, is the concept that we are all one. There is a pervading energy throughout this whole existence that connects each and every one of us, and we are all a part of it. And I am you, you are me, we are we, I am. So essentially, this material was channeled through a higher density organism, social memory complex, through this group and they asked some questions and wrote some stuff down. So the questions we're going to be talking about today start off with the faith to move a mountain. Uche, faith to move a mountain. Tell me, is there something in the Bible relating to to faith to move a mountain? Yeah, I think there's a like a Bible passage. I'm going to try to find it um that said if you have a faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And I I don't I've never thought about that literally i think there's more so like a metaphysical background to that does that make sense but it definitely is in the bible and i want to hear what ra has to say about that though yeah so the questioners are talking about the pyramids here in egypt how they were formed right okay. and the questioner asks, how were the blocks moved to form the pyramids oh i see i've like read a, that part a historical question a lot of researchers have asked and we just don't know the answer to right so here's ra's explanation I'm raw. Picture the activity within all that is created. The energy is, though finite, quite large compared to the understanding distortion by your peoples. 
This energy is intelligent. It's hierarchical. Much as your mind-body-spirit complex dwells within a hierarchy of vehicles and retains, therefore, the shell or shape or field and the intelligence of each ascending intelligent or balanced body, so does each atom of such a material as rock. When one can speak to that intelligence, the finite energy of the physical or chemical rock body is put into contact with that infinite power which is resident in the more well-tuned bodies, be they human or rock. When this connection is made, a request must be given. The intelligence of infinite, infinite rockness communicates to its physical vehicle, and that splitting and moving which is desired is then carried out through the displacement of the energy field of rockness from infinity to a dimension which we make which we, we may conveniently call simply infinity. So from infinity to infinity. Mm. In this way, that which is required is accomplished due to a cooperation of the infinite understanding of the creator in dwelling in the living rock. This, of course, the mechanism by which many things are accomplished, which are not subject to your present means of physical analysis of action at a distance. Pretty much like this is possible with infinity, getting to that connection if you can speak to it, but we... Most people like don't know how to do that, obviously. Or we would be over here using telepathy to move fucking rocks. Yeah, so my understanding of that part, what I read in my stuff, was if you are able to speak the same language, because all of us, we are one. We're joined by something. If you're able to connect to it at that branch where we all connect, you can speak to anything. Um, the way I've always described humans, humans exist in mind, body, and soul. Uh, so it's spirit, the mind, and then the body. So the spirit is the infinite energy, which is God, you know, and that God is the infinite energy that courses through everything physical, like plants, uh, humans, animals, rocks, and so on and so forth, right? That spirit, it's infinite. It has infinite power. And then you have the mind. The infinite power sends out signal. It's, it's the transmitter, right? The mind is a receiver. And then the body is what acts out physically, right? So if you're able to connect with the mind, your mind, to the mind of everything natural, you can actually connect with the flow of the spirit. And you will be able to speak its language on a spiritual level. And you can communicate with it, if that makes sense. So that's when the impossible starts to look possible because you're able to communicate with it in a language a metaphysical language does that make sense and if you're able to tap into that you can communicate to literally anything so that's what my understanding of that yes and that's what the questioner says um he's he's reminded of the statement that if you have faith to move a mountain the mountain would move um is this correct Ra, i'm raw the vibration Distortion of sound faith is perhaps one of the stumbling blocks between those of what we may call the infinite path and those of the finite of proving or understanding. You are precisely correct in your understanding of the congruency of faith and intelligent infinity. However, one is a spiritual term, the other more acceptable perhaps to the conceptual framework distortions of those who seek with measure and pen. Questioner. So if someone is totally informed with respect to the law of one and lives the law of one, such things as the building of the pyramids by direct mental effort would be commonplace. Is this what I understand? I'm raw. You are incorrect in that there is a distinction between the individual power through the law of one 
and the combined or societal memory complex, mind, body, spirit, understanding of the law of one. In the first case, only the one individual, purified of all flaws, could move a mountain. In the case of mass understanding of unity, each individual may contain an acceptable amount of distortion, and yet the mass mind could move mountains. The progress is normally from the understanding which you now seek to a dimension of understanding which is governed by the laws of love and which seeks the laws of light. Those who are vibrating with the law of light seek the law of one. Those who vibrate with the law of one seek the law of foreverness. We cannot say what is beyond this dissolution of the unified self with all that there is, for we still seek to become all that there is, and still are we raw. Thus our paths go onward. I don't completely understand that, to be honest. Um, that's like a lot there. But I think Jesus talks about this too, right? In the Bible, it's like, if you have enough faith as a mustard seed to move a mountain, it's possible. And then that makes me think from like an analytical mindset, like, like what is pen to paper happening there at that time? It's confusing. It's it seems outlandish even. I do understand the whole if you have faith you can move mountain. I I don't, I've never thought of it from a literal perspective, but if you do I feel like humans are so incredibly awesome in the sense that we can do so much. There's so much that we can achieve so much if we tap into our infinite source of of power. Because our source of power is infinite. But unfortunately, because of the, the indoctrination into the mediocrity of life that we live in, a lot of that has been numbed down. A lot of people are not living in up to their fullest potential. Imagine if literally every single human being on this planet is being incentivized to be themselves. But not just be yourself, but like maximize your purpose in this life. And instead of um, like a societal conformity, you know, try to dumb people down, like there, we have institutions to even wake people up even more. I mean, look at our education system as trash. Let's just be honest. Our education system only creates taxpayers. A lot of people graduate from college every year without learning a damn thing. It is what it is, right? There's no intentional, at least a general societal intentional push for people to wake up from the slumber and tap into their fullest potential. I feel like if we collectively push for education beyond conformity you know like tap into our realm of being like into a different type of realm of being you will start to actually see oneness in everything and because you see oneness in everything you are able to communicate with everything and it's not like um it's not like it's not going to be a spiritual practice that is you know like uh tick the boxes yeah sure like some religious people have their own traditions, you know, like get baptized, communion and Passover and things like that. They, they, a lot of those people don't have the spiritual understanding of what it is that they're doing. It just becomes so ritualized. Like, yeah, sure, I guess I'll get baptized and things like that. No, you have a deep sense of reverence to the spiritual practice that you're going through. The Native Americans did it. You know, I think I remember reading somewhere along the line of before they killed an animal to eat, they always prayed to the animal. Like, thank you so much for sacrificing your body so that our body can live. So because they see that spiritual connection with that animal that they're consuming. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you start elevating, opening your mind up, you actually have a lot more empathy beyond another human being, including everything, like as in everything that exists, animals, 
uh, bacteria, viruses, uh, rocks, water, roaches, bugs, everything. You start to see the oneness in all of it. All. And, and it's not like a communication that is verbal, like literally verbally. It's like, it's like uh, I don't even want to say intuitive, but it's much deeper. It communicates to you as you communicate to it. Perfect example, when you look at animals, there are some people who are able to communicate with animals in ways that some people will be like, okay, what's going on here? But also the observer is able to see the reception from that animal. Look at people who train dolphins and things like that. You've seen these viral videos like, wow, there's something definitely very beautiful going on here. It's almost as though the animal is able to understand the person talking to them and vice versa. But it's not necessarily just verbal communication. This is a spiritual back and forthness. And what looks impossible for someone who doesn't speak that language, like the way that person is able to communicate with the animal, seems possible because they're operating in the exact same vibration. They tap into that connection. You can do the same thing with rocks or literally anything else. That's my understanding of that verse. And with that, with that faith, you can move mountains. Great, great. I'm going to scroll a little down here. We're going to break the flow up a little bit. <laughs> sure, I know. So I'm very, get to my I'm next very, place. Very... I wonderful. break it down, but I, do, I think I do a good job. Yeah, it's it wonderful. Okay, questioner. I'm wondering why the pyramid was built with many blocks rather than creating the whole thing as one form created at once. I'm raw. There is a law which we believe to be one of the more significant primal distortions of the law of one. That is the law of confusion. Mm. You have called this the law of free will. We wish to make an healing machine or time-space ratio complex which was efficacious as possible. However, we did not desire to allow the mystery to be penetrated by the peoples in such a way that we became worshipped as builders of a miraculous pyramid. Thus, it appears to be made, not thought. So that's really trippy because it's saying that it appeared to have been built by men when it was built by thought which is kind of makes me think I've been talking to a lot of people in my life and humans just like to, to argue, to disagree, to bicker when in reality, they're all talking about the same thing. I think a, a philosophical concept moving forward that will unite a lot of people is the ability to see that both sides are correct. In this case, yes, humans did move the stones and rocks to build a pyramid but at the same time, Ra was influencing them with the ability of this connection to the infinite source through a thought form to build those rocks and put them together and create the pyramid. It's not that one or the other happened. It's that both occurred in unison in order for the process to be completed. And I think this can be extended to a lot of areas in life. Okay, so, so what would that look like from an observer? Like if I was to get on... A time machine right now get in a time machine and go back in time when the when it was being built what would that look like from my perspective would it look like a bunch of men who are literally moving these heavy stones because those stones are heavy i don't know if you've been to egypt but those stones they are very they weigh tons so i want to i want to i want to imagine what it looks like the practice of it is raw some type of thinking force inside their head a metaphysical concept that we cannot perceive with our naked eye, you know, sort of like, ooh, controlling them. And from my observer, the time machine traveler, time traveler type of person, right? 
It just looks like a bunch of men effortlessly moving stones. Perhaps if you can imagine a person stuck under a car with a broken leg and someone running over and having superhuman strength to lift that car off the person's leg so that they could escape. Perhaps something of that nature is occurring with these people moving these stones. Physically speaking, they shouldn't be able to lift these stones. But with this connection to the intelligent infinity, where the strength might flow and come from, mm, I see. they can raise these rocks in a way that wouldn't normally be logical or perceivable. So like a form of adrenaline then. Because you can think of so many times that your mood detect kind of like reflects your your outcome your output there's sometimes that you know like certain things you just can't be bothered doing you know you don't even have the energy to lift your hand even because you're just kind of like in a lazy mood and a whole different time you can lift significantly more than that sort of like going to the gym some days you go to the gym i can even lift like 20 pounds and then a whole another day you can lift 100 pounds you know so there's some type of Metaphysical? Are you arguing that there's some type of metaphysical effect that we don't necessarily understand from our human perspective that could be at play? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, both neurochemical and also metaphysical. Some sort of energy force that is more amplified some days than others, perhaps. Ah, uh, and okay, and and that's because they're able to tap into a communication with Ra, like tap into something. Outside of our being, okay, sort of That's like greater than just, ourselves, yeah. Whether yeah. or not that be raw or another entity or God or Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, because there's a deeper connection of oneness as a spiritual practice, but not just like you know, yeah, there's something that we pray to, but no, like as a deeper connection with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. So, this great pyramid, I assume, was primarily a healing mas- machine, as you spoke of it. A device for initiation. I am raw. To use the healing properly, it was important to have a purified and dedicated channel or energizer for the love light of the infinite creator to flow through. Thus, the initiatory method was necessary to prepare the mind, the body, and the spirit for service in the creator's work. The two are integral. Questioner, does the shape of the pyramid matter? I am raw. This is a big question. Um... We're going to begin here. There are two main functions. One has to do with the body. Before the body can be initiated, the mind must be initiated. Mm. This is the point at which most adepts of your present cycle find their mind-body-spirit complexes distorted from. Mm. When the character and personality that is the true identity of the mind has been discovered, the body then must be known in each and every way. Thus, the various functions of the body need understanding and control with detachment. The first use of the pyramid, then, is the going down into the pyramid for purposes of deprivation of sensory input so that the body may, in a sense, be dead and another life begin. Do you have any more questions for us? That kind of reminds me, Uche, Joe Rogan has a sensory deprivation tank in his backyard. It's like a salt bath that you get in. It's completely dark. You lay there, and it kind of feels like you're floating, like you're you're in another world, like your energy body is detached from your physical body. And that's, I guess, sort of what Ra is pointing out here, is what the pyramid used to be used for as the first part of the healing process, to 
sort of give your spirit a separation from the body so that the body can be thought of with the mind as something anew. Tell me what you think about this, like what we just talked about, if you have any. Yeah. So what I got from that verse is I've always believed that in order for baptism to occur, Mm. the first thing that happens, it has to happen in your head first. Because your mind, your mind is a receiver. Um, The physical act of baptism, doesn't matter if it's uh, you dip it in the water at some church or in the backyard of Seth Rogen, whatever his name is, um, that is just symbolism, okay? Which is very irrelevant if the first step doesn't happen in your head. Because otherwise, it's just getting into a hot tub. That's basically what it is, right? But your mind has to be attuned. Again, the mind is a receiver, right? It's sort of like looking at a baby. When you look at a baby, babies look surprised when they're not crying. They look surprised, you know, because it's sort of like they're taking in every information. Usually they're looking for their moms, you know, like, where are you? You know, so everything is just brand new to them. I don't know where they came from, but they're here and they try to take in as much information as possible. Their very being as being alive is being received like, you know, by their body, by something greater than them. But unfortunately, as a baby grows, the baby becomes indoctrinated into the malarkey that we perpetuate you know like right now there's all kinds of confusion the baby learns hatred jealousy racism sexism homophobia and so on and so forth and then as a result that their mind is not as in tune like tuned to receive clear clarity from the spirit that the child was born into the perfect clarity the kid was born into so this baptism whether it's being the baptism through the Egyptian pyramids or in the backyard of Seth Rogen or in, a, in, in some church, right? In order for you to actually maximize on the act of that baptism, you have to attune your mind first. Realize, hey, yo, I'm actually lost. Not necessarily my fault, but I'm lost into the world of lost. There's a lot of indoctrination into nonsense in this world. And as a result, my fine-tuning in my mind, as in my receiver has been off because of the trauma that I had as a child, my parents' abuse, or whatever it is that I've been through in life, as you know, the racist world I live in, the homophobic world I live in, I've learned so much hatred that I've lost mind. I've lost my mind from what is meant to be, right? If you attune your mind and realize, yep, there's something that's lost, and I want to you know, get back to that tune in so I can be one with the infinite spirit that flows through my mind, then you can proceed into the physical of it to be born again. So as as you come out from that water or come up from that pyramid, you know that you are doing this as a symbolism of something that's already been happened in your mind. Because remember that video advice that we watched? As within, so without. As in heaven, Hermetica. so on earth. And I believe that the kingdom of heaven is within you because your body is the kingdom of God, right? Or the, the house of God. So God lives yeah. in you. So it starts inside of you and then you project it out because your body is the projector of the infinite into the finite. So do you think these children at this age have the ability to intentionalize this action? Or is the Catholic Church doing it too early? 
intentionalize what action? The action of being baptized. I, me personally, I don't want to offend anyone. I think it's, it's ridiculous to baptize a baby. I really do think so. Um, I'm calling out the Catholic Church. And the reason why is You don't have the free will and the intentionalized choice at that age to make the decision of baptism. Uh, well, yeah, that's part partly the reason why. But a lot of Christians believe that people are born with sin. I disagree. I think people are born perfect, but born into sin. And because they're being indoctrinated into sin. And my argument for that is because God is perfect. God is the perfect creator, the epitome of perfection. And God can only produce perfection. So the fact that you exist means that you exist perfectly into an imperfect world. Perhaps your purpose in this life is to help create a more perfect life, but unfortunate, or create a more perfect world. But unfortunately, the perversion in the world in drugs seeks to trick you and indoctrinate you into that mess, that perversion in the world, that you've become lost. This is why Jesus said, you know, you're a lost sheep, come back home, if that makes sense. So I think that the reason why people, especially the Catholic Church, I think they're the only ones who do this, they baptize children, is because they believe that children are born with sin, and they want to baptize them to purify them. That's one reason. Original sin. Yes, that's what we were taught. I don't agree with the original sin. That's one reason why I don't agree with it. The second reason why I don't agree with it is because you cannot make the choice. Spirituality is a very individual thing. You have to initiate salvation. You have to be like, yo, I messed up. I want to change because only you can save yourself. And a baby does not have that ability to do that. No one else is going to save you. You're the only one that can save yourself. Exactly. So, Jay, how would you describe sin energetically? How would I describe sin energetically? What, what do you mean? As a, we come perfect into this world, and then sin, because everything is light, right? Everything is energy, everything is vibration and frequency. So what is sin in terms of this energy, frequency, and vibration, and how it affects babies? Okay, so for me... I'm still learning about this, but I am under the belief and understanding that there is a perverse energy that exists. I don't know what this energy is. I'm not sure what it is. You know, it could be a metaphysical entity, um, but I do know that the Bible talks about it as the devil or Lucifer or Satan or whatever it is, but I do know that it's very much alive in this universe. It's not going anywhere. However, I also do believe that it is underneath us, like we have power over it. And I feel like because it is a king of this earth or this universe, because if you go to the end of the galaxy, it's still there with you, right? Um, It seeks to corrupt everything that comes from God. As you are born into this world, you are born into its territory. And it knows that you have power over it, right? But it seeks to corrupt you to believe otherwise. And, you know, like indoctrinate you into fear and basically maintain what it's doing or whatever it is that is created in this world, in this reality, if that makes sense. So you have to give it power. You have to allow it to get into you. But it's still there. The Bible talks about that, you know, like, do not be afraid because I'll call you forth or something like I don't remember exactly what Bible verse that is, but like, you know, don't be afraid. 
I have given you dominion into over everything that is on earth. I've called you forth and things like that because he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world and things, something like that. But it's trying to tell you otherwise. So this is why it tries to attack you at your weakest moment. And for most people, if not everyone, your weakest moment is when you're a baby, when you're a child. So from the second that you were born, that attempt for perversion begins. And for most people, unfortunately, a lot of people comes from the people who birthed them. A lot of people are born into toxic households. A lot of people are born into parents' households where parents haven't healed from their own trauma. And unfortunately, that trauma falls, spills over, over to the child. Some children were abused growing up, went through all kinds of stuff growing up. And even if you're born into a perfect home where mom and dad loved you, validated you, whatever, the TV is there to tell you that you're not good enough. Social media is there to tell you that you're not skinny enough, you're not tall enough, you're not dark enough, you're not white enough, you're not rich enough, whatever it is. And it seeks to create this animosity so that everything that exudes from you is perversion. To maintain that perverse energy, that is sin. It's that whisper in your ear, that thought, you're not enough, you're poor, you're gay, you're black. You're not worth it. Yeah, but but the beautiful thing about the the interesting thing about this though is that those are just words that truly don't need to to harm. The perfect example is imagine someone that is confident in who, the way they look. Just imagine I don't know who, but imagine someone who is very attractive the way they look. They are confident in their looks, right? And imagine someone said, "Oh, you're so ugly." They'd probably laugh like, "Okay, thank you, I guess." It holds no weight because they have that confidence in themselves that. I'm not ugly, but sure, that's what you believe. Boom. Or you are objectively uh, intelligent and someone said, oh, what a dumb person. <laughs> you just laugh, laugh it off because like, okay, that's not true. I'm, I'm not dumb. You know, I, I may not know everything, but I know I'm not dumb either. You laugh it off, you shake it off, right? But because you're a child, you don't have enough of that confidence built in already. And then it seeks to creep in then to create that breakage. Because what's happening is you're being distracted from that fine-tuning that you were born with. Imagine a child, a five-year-old, and your parent is telling you, oh, you ugly bitch, or whatever it is, calling you dumb. So dumb. You can't do anything right. Can't you be more like your brother? Can't you be more like your sister? That parent is untuning that child, and that child is going to grow up with that brokenness. And they will perpetuate the sin moving forward. Now imagine a child that was born to a parent who tells them, you are wanted. You are wanted. You are beautiful. Don't let anyone stop you. Doesn't matter if you're black or white. Doesn't matter if you're man or woman. Doesn't matter. You're beautiful. Just know that God did not make it a mistake. Like, matter of fact, thank you for choosing me to be your father. Thank you for choosing me to be your mother. You grow that kid's confidence. They grow up. When some kid at recess calls him stupid, like, my mom said I'm not stupid. Maybe you have problems. That confidence, that word becomes so silly. The kid, even without even understanding what's happening from a spiritual level, understands that that doesn't have any power over me. So you see how that negative energy was just, boom, you have power over it, over it. But we've been indoctrinated to think otherwise. And that's what sin is. It's an illusion. Ekrito talks about it. It's an illusion that you give power. One of the things that I love about um, the Igbo language, which is the tribe from Nigeria I'm from, is what they call the devil. Ikwensu. 
and God is called Chineke, which Chineke implies it's it's a it's a it's a run-on statement. It, it doesn't it's a run-on statement that implies God who creates, right? It just stops right there. It doesn't say specifically God who creates people. God who it just stops God who creates. So it is implied God who creates everything. So everything that exists comes from God. But the word for the for for the devil is equinso, which means it begins once you believe. Mm. So you see the difference. It doesn't exist. It if doesn't you don't exist. Believe. So there's God, Chineke, who creates, and everything that exists. There's the power of faith on the opposite end of the spectrum. Well, what do you mean? If you believe in the negativity, if you subscribe to the theory that life is meaningless, your world sucks. You suffer all the time. You're depressed. You're never going to get out of it. You're giving power to that. Yes. And that's part of that indoctrination to get you to give power to it because it comes to you when you're much more weak and feeble, right? But again, going back to what I'm explaining, right? God, the creator, Chineke, everything that exists is beneath it. So you are a product of God, everything that exists, right? And then here is you underneath God, right? Because you're a product of God. Ikwe, Yesu, once you believe it begins, it means that it's beneath you. You have to give it power. Without you giving it power, it's an illusion, doesn't exist. I'm like, mm, you're just moving forward. You bring in something that doesn't exist into reality. And it knows you well enough when you're weak, when you're young, that it tries to creep in when you're weak to corrupt you into believing that. It is above you when in reality is not, right? But even at that, do not be afraid because his divine power has given you everything you need to overcome that. Like your life is so perfectly fine-tuned that you are equipped with the right armor to overcome it when time comes, you know, because God makes no mistake. The, the question now is, are you going to make the choice to overcome it? Because it's your choice. You're the person who gives it power. You're the person who can cut off that power. But even at that, that indoctrination has indoctrinated you into believing that this is a system that you have to keep doing. That rat race, you have to keep giving it power. Because that's the only way. That's the only way you can make a name for yourself. So as a result, what we consider success in life, when you actually look at it, start looking at it from a spiritual perspective, a lot of what we consider success is actually slavery. It's mediocrity. It's dumb. You work five days out of seven days in a job that you don't like. Like seven days in a week and five days you're killing yourself in a job that you don't like. Your fine tune is off. Now you're focusing on some rat race that you're so not happy with. You go on Tinder. You don't even read the bio. You don't care about these people. You just want to sleep with someone. You know what I'm saying? And then you fall in love with someone based on their the color of their eyes or their hair or their ass or boobs or whatever it is. But is that even love? Is that love? You've been indoctrinated to believe that's love. Look at Amber Heard and Jenna Depp, and I don't mean to talk down on them, but I can go into a whole rabbit hole as to how he left a perfect woman that was beautiful, gave him beautiful children, chasing over some idea of what he has been indoctrinated to believe is the ideal woman. And look at how that ended up. We, the, my point is that we no longer think because of that fine tune. Is this in alignment with from that infinite spirituality? Or is this in alignment with that indoctrination of what is trying to pervert us to keep us deluded and confused so we don't 
recalibrate ourselves. Because once you recalibrate yourself, if everyone was to recalibrate ourselves, right, I believe that society would look so different. Like, matter of fact, I think we'll actually collectively have goosebumps. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I used to do this. I can't believe I used to do this. Like, what the fuck? I can't believe I was going to die doing this, working here, married to this person, doing all of this stuff that we have been deceived to believe is success. This is laughable mediocrity, the epitome of mediocrity. I think this is what will happen once we start coming back fine-tuned. Okay. This is kind of a complex. This is the second part to why the pyramids have like healing properties. Um, questioner, does the shape of the pyramid have an effect upon the initiation? I am raw. If you will picture with me the side of the so-called pyramid shape and mentally imagine this triangle cut into four equal triangles, you will find the intersection of the triangle, which is at the first level on each of the four sides, forms a diamond in a plane, which is a horizontal plane. The middle of this plane is the appropriate place for the intersection of the energies streaming from the infinite dimensions and the mind-body-spirit complexes of various interwoven energy fields. Mm. Thus, it was designed that the one to be initiated would, by mind, be able to perceive and then channel this, shall we say, gateway to intelligent infinity. This then was the second point of designing the specific shape. So the two reasons for the pyramid being designed in a specific way were, one, to have this place of intersection, this energy funneling, of infant dimensions connected to the intelligent infinity and two, the process of sensory deprivation and putting themselves in that baptismal intentional state of being able to be healed from the mind so that the body can follow. And how's the, how's the mind healing? How, how does it, what does it talk about how that process is? I think there's like a trick, right? Remember cancer patients, whether or not they think they will be healed versus whether or not they don't think they'll be healed. It's this placebo effect of positivity or negativity that affects the overall health outcome. So the way I see it is when you go into this structure, this sacred structure designed in this way to heal and you're with someone else that's there to help you heal, you are being intentional and very receptive of the environment you're going in in order to prepare your mind so that your body may be healed. So so is there that preparation for your mind, is, is, is that an external factor at work or this is internally done? Probably internal, right? Internal. The belief, the faith that you'll be healed is and this, internal. And this goes back to my point as to why babies should not be baptized because a baby is not able to internalize, yep, I want to be here. I think you have to be willing to undergo that. It's not a situation of like, ugh, I guess I have to baptize because my mom said I have to baptize. There we go. You know, or I guess I should get baptized and uh, get to dip into a pool. Nice. It'd be nice to get into a pool. It's hot as hell, right? It should be a situation where, dude, oh my God, I have tapped into something deeper. I want to keep this and I want this baptism to be a symbolism of a new beginning. Questioner, would it be possible to build a pyramid and properly align it and use it today from the materials we have available? I'm raw. It's quite mm. possible for you to build one. 
um, with the ratios of time-space complexes. However, the use for the structure of initiation and healing depends completely upon the inner disciplines of the channels attempting such work. Mm. Questioner, are there individuals incarnate upon this planet today who would have the inner disciplines to heal? Or is there no one available to us? I'm Ra. There are people, as you call them, who are able to take this calling at this nexus. However, we wish to point out once again that these times of the pyramids, as you would call it, is past. It is indeed a timeless structure. However, the streamings from the universe were, at the time we attempted to aid this planet, those which required a certain understanding of purity. This understanding has, as the streamings revolved and all things evolved, changed to a more enlightened view of purity. Thus, there are those among your people at this time whose purity is already one with the intelligent infinity. Without the use of structures, healer patient can gain healing. Pretty much saying we become more enlightened along our path of purity. And there are people on this planet now that have the potential to heal, which is hopeful. It's just good. Yeah. It's exciting. Is this in terms of do they already work in the medical healthcare field or are these untapped people who maybe have the ability to talk to heal other people? I think just like Eckhart Tolle talks about it, I know I <laughs> I reference him a lot. To write. Like Eckhart Tolle is probably a healer himself. He's yes, changed he so many people's lives for the better. He is. And Eckhart Tolle talks about how a lot more people are going to become enlightened. And um, the path of enlightenment for most people, a lot of people, is, um, or at least that trigger, is pain. Um, and Eckhart Tolle, his trigger was pain. Mine was also pain. A lot of people is pain. I could even argue that Jesus is his pain. I do believe that a lot of Jesus's childhood is very hidden in the Bible and would and would show light as to why he is human. But that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, pain. A lot more people are feeling significantly more pain than ever. And that pain can be crippling to the point of, dude, you might want to surrender now. It's okay. Surrender. Just surrender. Don't fight it. Because when you keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting and you exert so much energy, just take a chill pill. And then when you do that, something recalibrates, like a factor reset in your head. You're like, you know what, man? I'm going to just do something different because I'm done. Alternatively, I'll just keep going back to the same mess and just spreading myself thin. I'm just done. I'm tired. And with that comes enlightenment. And Ecuador talks about how women are more likely to be enlightened than men because women feel more pain, especially because of that collective feminine pain that men don't necessarily feel, female pain that men don't feel, if that makes sense. So a lot more people are becoming enlightened. They may not necessarily be able to articulate it as enlightenment, but if you're around those people, those people can truly heal without even realizing that they are. And I think this is happening all around the world. You've, you can hear stories about people who have uh, uh, survived abuse, trauma, divorce, people who used to live entirely different lives. You know, people who, LGBTQ people who were married to someone and then they came out of a closet and they're like, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like their entire being has been completely shifted. That is the awakening, awakening. Now, you don't need a form of baptism, physical baptism. You don't need a pyramid in order for you to just switch you just answered like the next part that they were talking about look at that serendipitous moment um like who can heal right uh there are two kinds that can heal someone who's distorted towards the law of one um but also those who 
don't even know. They're blind to that, their inner knowingness of the connectedness of it. And they can heal just by, you know, being around these people, like you mentioned. So I find that. And I believe that's what Jesus did. Uh, I, I don't think the miracles that Jesus performed is as theatrical as most Christians make it seem like he's some magician. I just believe that you have the ability to heal. Of course, Jesus is probably the one of the only people who has maintained that balance and vibration more than everyone else. Um, and with that comes with a, a whole um, ability to tap into the infinite. And if you're able to tap into the infinite, a whole lot more infinite power flows through you and you can heal significantly more. But you can see this on a uh, on on a everyday type of situation. There are some, certain people you, when you're around them, you just feel at peace. You don't know what it is. You just feel at peace. It doesn't matter who it is. They just exude this peace. It doesn't matter if it's a man, a woman. It doesn't matter their race. Hell, they can even look scruffy. But just being around them, it's just like wow. I don't know what it is they're smoking, but I want some, right? Conversely, you have someone else that every time you're around them you just you don't know what it is it's just like Ugh, i don't know man i just don't feel right and it's not because you're scared of them or intimidated by them or whatever it is but it's just their energy is like uh you just feel hot as soon as they walk in the room they're just like mm -mm, something to milk and right it's all about that energy do you understand what i'm saying so i, I believe this is what miracle is this is what certain therapists have you know, so the people who are, are actually called into this world to be therapists, they have that natural ability to exude that. I've had conversations with people, like, you know, I've hung out with people, and they leave me being like, yo, man, I really genuinely enjoyed talking to you. I feel significantly better. Like, yo, I need more people that, like you, you know. And that is a form of healing. I didn't say anything to me consciously um intelligent like it wasn't like i was intentionally trying to um come off as a healer or whatever it is but them just sharing with me and me sharing with them like connecting with them one-on-one -on -one. that is a form of healing there's a form of healing happening right now you and i were in tune right now you're healing bits of me and i'm healing bits of you i don't have a phd in healing you don't have a phd in healing but we're able to heal each other like i'm able to leave this place knowing I know someone like you that I genuinely love and genuinely appreciate. And I know for sure, for sure, deep in my heart, this ain't no cap and vice versa. You understand? It's a deep sense of con connection, deep sense of communication. You, you can be in New Zealand tomorrow. You remember Uche. Uche got me, man. Like, for sure, Uche got me. Healing instantly. The, the amount of anxiety that you could have if you didn't have that kind of connection with another human being, healed, gone. And there are millions, if not billions, of people who don't even have what you and I have right now. And these people have thousands of followers on Instagram, thousands of likes, popular, have so many friends, have so many brunches every Sunday or whatever it is, but their relationship is so empty. There's no opportunity for them to heal. They're not able to be in tune like we are right now. That is healing. And of course, when you're closer to that um, balance and vibration like Jesus, you're able to exude a lot more healing. It's very well said.